0: Chapter 14, Art Gallery. Crap. I was an eighth of an inch off. I pulled out the 14 by 17 7 eighths inch mat from our easterly mat cutter and flung it across a workspace towards a barrel next to Jerry. Incoming! I yelled. The mat bounced off the far wall and landed on the floor. Jerry looked at the growing pile of misshapen mat board pieces. Your aim sucks, dude. The easterly mat cutter is a fairly large cutting device that is mounted on a wall. If you broke open an Etch-A-Sketch and dumped all the sand out, it would look something like that. Just about everything we framed would need a mat cut to exact dimensions. How many do you need? I asked Jerry. He was arranging the metal moldings into U-shapes on a large work table, ready for the artwork and glass. Three total. I placed another sheet of mat board in the machine and double-checked the measurements. It'll be 14 by 18 this time. I set the stops and slid the cutting mechanism down with a swift stroke. Now it was 18 inches. Jerry shook a can of foamy glass cleaner. So, Linda sounds pretty cool. I had told Jerry about our date at the MFA, how she really loved the dim sum restaurant we went to, and we basically had a blast together. Do you guys do tonsil hockey? I was trying to focus and not screw up the next cut. Yes, we did tonsil hockey. I said mechanically. He covered four sheets of picture glass with cleaner and started wiping the first one. How was it? Oh boy, here we go again, I thought. It's obvious that Jerry doesn't get laid much. I've had to listen to his stories about hiring women through an escort service. They're so expensive and they don't care for him, blah, blah, blah. Now he was going to live vicariously through my relationship with Linda. The doorbell out front went off. We both froze for a second and heard a woman's voice say... Hello? ...from out front. It was Linda. She wanted to see the gallery and some examples of my work, and then we were going to go out to dinner. Why don't you ask her yourself? I said to Jerry. We both went out front. Linda, this is Jerry, I said. Jerry shook Linda's hand. Nice to meet you. Gavin has told me some interesting things about you. I'm sure all of it's true. Well... I held out my arms in a sweeping gesture towards the gallery floor. This is where we frame the art. We can take your piece of shit and make it look like it's not a piece of shit. With a frame. What if I bring in something that's good? Jerry blinked twice and had to think about it. Then we can make it shitty? She gave Jerry a grin and scanned the walls of artwork. She approached the knockoff of a Robert Kincaid pastoral village scene. Jerry nodded towards her and gave me an exaggerated thumbs up behind her back. Seriously, I was going to smack the guy, I told her. I don't have anything of mine on display here. This is the stuff the public wants to buy. It all reminds me of something Bob Ross might have painted. Bob Ross was one of those guys who taught painting in the 90s on public television. He had this weird fuzzy perm and a kind of wimpy demeanor. Every week he'd knock off another landscape with the minimal amount of brush strokes. I laughed, then said, Did you watch Bob Ross too? As a kid... He made it look so easy. William Alexander could have pistol-whipped Bob Ross any day. William Alexander was the other guy on PBS who also taught painting. His reign was in the 80s before Bob Ross. He was a squat old Prussian man with a funny German accent. He was known for pontificating about his philosophy on life while wielding what he called his mighty brush. Jerry started goose-stepping around the gallery and did his William Alexander impersonation. With my Van Dyke brown and my mighty brush. He threw out a Nazi salute. I shall rule the world. Reluctantly, both Linda and I laughed at this. Jerry finished up with, Thank you for washing me. William's tag at the end of his show was, Thank you for watching me. But with his German accent, it sounded like, Thank you for washing me. As a kid, this amused me greatly. I got a cool seafood place to check out. I said to Linda, if we can stop by my loft, I can get the two paintings I need to deliver tomorrow and I can show you what else I've been working on. Sounds good. I asked Jerry, can you finish up the rest of the moldings? Sure thing. I don't want to keep you guys from your oral hockey game. He walked back towards the work area with a smart ass grin on his face. Linda looked at me and smiled. (laughs) Sometimes he does non-secretors. I said casually, seriously, I was going to slug the guy. We got to the Mill Street Loft just as the sun was starting to set. Above our heads, the sky was filled with orange cloud crescents from the sunlight hitting them at just the right angle. I felt compelled to take a picture of it. But playback on a little screen never conveys the size and scope of the experience. For a split second, I started to mix and match the colors on an imaginary palette in my mind. The hell was I thinking? Like the world needs another painting of a sunset. I held Linda's hand as we walked towards the door. It then occurred to me that I was hanging out with someone who I really enjoyed being with, and it was a nice night. Jesus, I thought to myself. If I get any more sentimental, violins will start playing out of my ass. We got to the entrance of my loft area. There was no one else up there. I opened the door and cleared out some empty cans of paint thinner to make room for Linda. This is where the magic happens, I said. I started picking up crap from the floor, trying, in vain, to make the place look presentable. The place was a dump. In reality, I was nervous about what Linda would think of my work. She walked up to my latest creation, still on the easel. I said, I call this one Monet's Sunrise. We just finished it yesterday. She nodded her head. I like the colors you have coming off the water. I went over to the other painting that was leaning against the wall and picked it up. This one is called Signax or Surat's Lily Ponds. And I haven't decided yet. She studied it carefully. I like it. I kind of used a pointillism style on that one. She looked back at my original painting for a moment. You're really good. Thanks, I said with a big smile. She glanced around the room. Is this all you've got? I have photos of everything I've done on my website, but I'm kind of sold out at the moment. Sold out? Yeah. I also have to deliver these two paintings tomorrow. To who? Gary Easton. She seemed surprised at that and thought for a moment. The guy with the island. Yeah. How did that happen? I began loosening the screws of my easel that held the painting in place. Tell you what, let's go get something to eat and I'll explain everything. I grabbed both of my paintings and we drove over to Sandra's, a seafood joint known for its fried clam plates. It looked like a tidal wave had scooped up every bit of flotsam it could dislodge from the Atlantic Ocean and dumped it over this building. That was Sandra's. Old fishing nets dangling from the ceiling, broken lobster pots perched at weird angles, brightly painted buoys scattered every few feet. It was New England nautical decor to the max. Our hostess sat us next to a saltwater aquarium filled with rising bubbles and colorful fish. Linda was absorbing the ambience. She looked down at her menu and said, Are we obligated to speak like a pirate in here? The clam plate dinner is just nuts, I said. I can't even finish it. Our waitress came over. Her lids were caked with turquoise eyeshadow, and her hair had bleached streaks through it. Hi, my name's Jen. I'll be serving you guys. She said with way too much enthusiasm. Can I get you any drinks? I tried not to stare at all the glop above her eyes. I said, I'll do a Sam Adams. Linda looked down at her menu. I'll take a Corona. Oh yeah, I love Coronas. Did you ever try it with a Jager shot? Linda had a, what the hell's up with this woman expression. Why oh, no? Those are wicked good. Jen scribbled something down on her pad, then bounded away towards the bar. Kind of embarrassed, I said, I've never seen her in here before. So tell me about Gary Easton. I have to hear this. I brushed off a few crumbs from the red and white checkerboard tablecloth. I said, I'm under commission to paint for Gary Easton. Wait, how did you meet Gary Easton? He came into the gallery and liked what he saw of mine. I went to his office and signed a contract to paint for him. How many paintings? All of them. Linda looked at me with a puzzled expression. I said, I have a lifetime contract to paint for Gary Easton. He thinks I have potential and wants to own everything I do early on. Wow. Linda was taken aback. Can I ask what kind of money did he offer you? Sure. $1,500 a painting. So that's where you got all that money for all those art supplies. I kind of went nuts that day. So you're officially a full-time artist. Congratulations! It's what it looks like. I haven't decided what I want to do with a gallery job. Jen came back with our beers. Have you guys decided what you want to order? Our special tonight is Surf and Turf. But I love the fried oysters. I'm thinking of just a clam roll, I said. The last time I had the clam dinner here, I was so stuffed, I felt kind of sick. It was that good. I got sick from eating some bad go-hogs last summer at a beach party. I know what that's like. I was boffing my guts out. Linda and I looked at each other. We had the same thought. Jen obviously didn't get the concept of boundaries. I wanted to see where this ended up, so I decided to play along. Food poisoning is no fun. I told Jen. It can make you feel woozy. Jen nodded her head vigorously. I definitely get woozy from Ghost Train Haze. Wait a minute, I thought. Ghost Train Haze is a type of pot. How did our waitress go from naming seafood to smoking pot? Someone else might have been offended at that point and called the manager. I found Jen kind of charming in a white trash sort of way. Linda had a smile placid on her face as I egged Jen on. If you don't want to get woozy, I said to Jen, then maybe cocaine is the way to go. Jen got excited. She had found a kindred spirit. Oh, you guys do crack? Linda started to lose it and buried her face in the menu. I kept going and said, well, I might do some crystal meth from time to time. Excited, Jen said, oh, I know a guy that cooks some great meth. How do you like that? I made a new drug addict friend. Linda jumped in on the fun. But dear... Linda touched my arm and feigned a concerned wife tone. You know your heroin intake can get out of hand. You should just stick to your methadone. Jen's expression changed dramatically. A somber look came over her face. Oh yeah, heroin's bad. Jen now felt sorry for me. I guess us heroin addicts can be dead at any moment. I said, well, I handed the menu back to Jen. I'll do the clam roll. And I'll take the baked seafood casserole. Jen wrote down our order and shuffled off into the kitchen. Linda and I both cracked up and simultaneously took a slug of our beers and laughed. What a couple of assholes.